Good morning, church family. So appreciate you being here. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians. We are continuing our sermon series out of 1 Thessalonians called Speak Life. And I so appreciate David Bromley standing up and giving a word for us last week. Uh, Kirsten and I had the opportunity, and I'm choosing my words carefully there, to drive with a family of five all the way to Indianapolis, Indiana. Yes, that is every bit of 12 hours in a small, confined space with lots of time and not much to do. Uh, and, and yes, my faith was tested. And we, and we survived by the grace of God. Can I get a witness? Uh, we had the opportunity, I had the opportunity to marry a couple that I baptized here at WFR that were from there that we're down here doing an internship, and because of your love and your support for the things we do locally here at WFR, God's work is happening all over the United States and all over the world. I do want to remind you, Rooted is tonight at 5 o'clock. We're doing a worship night, and then uh, some groups are meeting after that. If you are signed up for Rooted, uh, that is going to be an awesome opportunity to fellowship together and celebrate beforehand what God is going to do during that process. Uh, Let me give you some background real quick on how God really dealt with me on 1 Thessalonians. Sometimes ministry, uh, most of the time, ministry involves an individual getting in a heavy situation with somebody else and trying to provide some encouragement during a difficult season of life. And you don't have to be a paid staff person to do that kind of ministry. Matter of fact, lots of you at WFR are doing that kind of ministry because of your love for Jesus and your service to God's Son. But I found myself a few months ago in the middle of a very, I'm talking about really heavy, maybe one of the heaviest situations I've been in in ministry. And I was reading 1 Thessalonians to try to, to, try to find some words to encourage this group of individuals that I was working with. And in the fourth chapter of 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul tells the church that they should encourage one another with the words that he has written to them. He says that multiple times in the book. And I flip over to the fifth chapter and I'm reading and I'm studying. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the Apostle Paul says, Give thanks in all circumstances For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So after saying multiple times, encourage one another with these words, encourage one another, lift each other up, teach each other what I'm writing to you about, and let that be your source of an encouragement, he begins to wrap up his letter with this statement, give thanks in all circumstances. And if we look at the subject of this letter, Paul is revealing to the church at Thessalonica the mystery of the second coming of the Lord Jesus. And that is a part of the gospel message. And essentially, and I want you to hear this, Paul says no matter what you go through, no matter what you face, no matter what season of life you find yourself in, like Psalm 107, whether you've wandered far off, And you feel alone and isolated and out of touch. Maybe you have been ensnared by sin and you feel yourself imprisoned with a stronghold. Or maybe you're doing everything right that you know to do. And you are living in line with the life of Jesus. And still the stormy seas of life are tossing you to and fro. You're walking around out of balance like you don't have your your sea legs under you yet. 
It is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his eventual return and his claim on the lives of his church to resurrect those who are dead and to bring to heaven with him those who remain alive and to live in eternity with him in heaven. That is our hope. And in that we can rejoice. So in the introduction, I've just preached to you every single sermon we're going to cover in this, in this series. I do want to talk to you about a couple of the main themes that Paul is going to teach the church at Thessalonica about. Now, he mentions a few. The one we're going to focus on today is gratitude. It's gratitude. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul kind of says a couple of things. We're just going to work through this verse and get a sense in in this book, what is the process involved and how is it actually possible that we can really give thanks in all circumstances. And the first thing we got to focus on in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is this phrase that concludes that sentence. And it's three words. You need to underline it in your Bible if you're following along. If you got your tablet or phone, you need to highlight it. If you're taking notes, jot this down. In Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ is at the center of everything the apostle is going to cover. He's at the center of every life that's been transformed by the gospel. And he is the foundation of gratitude for those in life who practice the discipline of giving thanks in all circumstances. The source of gratitude in life really is Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians 5, if we back up a few verses starting in verse 9, I've got this on screen for you. The Apostle Paul says, God did not appoint us to suffer wrath but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Here's one of those statements. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Before he tells the church to give thanks in all circumstances, he shares with them the source of their gratitude. How can they practice that kind of gratitude? They can practice it because of the gospel, because the gospel's influence influences what's within us. At my house, people find themselves in certain situations. Let me share a few with you. Some people in my house find themselves being in trouble. In trouble. Some of you have been there. Some people at my house find themselves in timeout. They find themselves in timeout. I regularly talk with people who are into various fads and trends. And church family, what you are in, what you are into influences what is within you. It determines What is within you? And when you are in Christ Jesus, then the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives in you. And when the same spirit that resurrected Christ from the dead is in you, you have a guaranteed capacity to practice gratitude in every single circumstance. That's the influence of the gospel. The gospel guarantees your gratitude. And the gospel also seals our 
victory. It is through Jesus Christ that we receive salvation. Church, he suffered so that we could have peace. He surrendered so that you and I could have victory. Jesus died so that you and I could experience real and true and authentic and satisfying life. The cross of Calvary finished that story. Somebody better shout amen right there. If I got to do, if I got to do all the preaching and amen, and it's going to take me twice as long. See, the apostle Paul understands that in Christ Jesus, you cannot help but be grateful. And if you notice someone who in life seems like they're always giving thanks for something, it's because they are in Christ Jesus, who is the source and foundation of gratitude. The second piece of that verse, so we're kind of working backwards through 1 Thessalonians 5.18 that we're going to cover is the middle part. Give thanks or be grateful in all circumstances. Here's this phrase, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus for you. Now think about the life of the Apostle Paul. And he, he alludes to this a couple of times in 1 Thessalonians. I want you to read these. I've got one of these on the screen for you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 2. God's will for your life is to be grateful in every situation and circumstance you find yourself in. And it's possible if you're in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 2.2, Paul says this. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi. And as you know... With the help of God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. If you go to 1 Thessalonians 3, very next chapter, second verse, Paul says, I sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials, for you know quite well we are destined for them. Paul's life was a life of suffering. He risked it all for the sake of the gospel. Paul gave every waking minute, every ounce of effort, every capacity he had access to, to furthering the ministry of the message of Jesus. And despite his suffering and persecution and shipwreck and hunger and and, and being beaten and being scourged and being kicked out of cities and facing persecution. The Apostle Paul is able to be grateful in all of those circumstances. How is that possible? First, gratitude is ultimately a function of your focus. A life transformed by the gospel church family changes your focus. It is so easy in life to think of what you don't have. The gospel influences us to think of what we do have. It is so easy in life to think about where we could be. But the gospel influences us to be grateful that we are no longer where we have been. It is so easy in life to think of where we might like to end up. But the gospel writes a perfect ending to our story. When you focus on what Jesus asks you to focus on and you're grateful for the things that God has put in your life, you find the capacity for gratitude. 
Not only is gratitude a function of focus, it is also a function of form. A life transformed by the gospel changes the form of your lifestyle. The how, how you live, what you do in life, where you spend your time, what your priorities are. And in a life transformed by the gospel, God comes first. And when God comes first, we celebrate God's plan and purpose for our life and trust that wherever we are is where God wants us to be. And we don't have to feel responsible for being in difficult situations and getting ourselves out because we know that God can use any situation we're in for our good to bring about his purpose in our lives. A life transformed by the gospel puts others second after God. And when others are truly second and we are no longer our own priority, the center of our own universe, all the things required to truly love others come naturally to us. That makes love the center of our life. And it creates a peaceful contentment in the relationships that we're a part of. Gratitude also is a function of faithfulness. A life transformed by the gospel literally changes your strength. In 1 Thessalonians 2.2, 2, the, the Apostle Paul says it very clearly. When we suffered persecution and we were treated outrageously, we were able to keep going because God helped us. Because of the help of God, we dared to tell you his gospel. Because of the help of God, we could continue to press forward. Because of the help of God, we did not give up. And you do not have to operate of your own strength in life. And you don't have to feel the pressure to get yourself out of every situation or fulfill every single purpose or find your mission or develop the talents and the skills and the ability and the ability to leave a meaningful legacy because the strength of God will perfectly equip you for the mission that God has called us to. In a life transformed by the gospel, you will be faithful, you will be strong, you will keep going and you will persevere, not because of your own strength church family, but because the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead provides strength in areas that you're weak. Somebody get excited about that this morning. The last thing we need to mention here from this text is that final piece of that statement. Give thanks in all circumstances. In every situation you find yourself in, never stop thanking God. God's will is that you live in constant gratitude. I want to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. The Bible says, look at this. I'm up here sweating my tail off. Just like uh, the University of Texas in the fourth quarter against LSU's, LSU's spread offense. Somebody should have said amen right there, church family. I'll say more about that later just in terms of gratitude, but I felt like that was a useful plug. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 13, the Bible says this. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is. 
the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. In this verse, we got to do a gut check, ladies and gentlemen. We got to do a gut check. We have to do an assessment. I want you to look at your life over the last few days. And I want you to ask yourself, are there things in your life that you are able to thank God continually for? Because they were there. If you are in Christ Jesus, your life does not lack anything to thank God for. Do an assessment. Was that you? The Apostle Paul says, I just cannot stop thanking God continually when I think of you, when I think of your faith, when I think of what we're going through, when I think of how you've persevered. He just can't stop thanking God. Carefully consider, church family, the frequency of and the level of your gratitude. Gratitude ultimately... You need to assess your level of gratitude. It ultimately boils down to being an attitude. You and I have heard this before. Somebody says, Trent, I, I just want to find out what the will of God for my life really is. I want to know what God's will for me is. The Greek word for will in First uh, Thessalonians 5.18 is telema. And that's used about 41 different times in the New Testament. But most of those times don't have a specific statement associated with them. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is one of the few times that the will of God is associated with a specific statement. Is God's will to make you into a preacher or to call you to teach classes? Maybe God's will for your life is that you're called to sing. Maybe God's will for your life is that you're going to become a star professional athlete or you're going to have some big influence in academia or maybe the will of God is you're going to be a good baker or a cook or some kind of chef or mechanic. But I'll tell you one thing that is a guaranteed part of God's will for you and that is to be grateful always. If you find yourself practicing gratitude, the good news church family is... In that moment, you are living in the will of God. And there is nothing more satisfying than that. And if you're not living in gratitude, I hate to say this, but it's true. You're outside the will of God in your life. And the Bible teaches us that there is no situation that justifies us living outside of God's will. So be thankful. This was the plug, even if you're a Texas Longhorns fan. Can I get a witness? I've been waiting all sermon to say that up here, sweating my tail off, just trying to get to that joke. Gratitude's not simply an attitude. It's also an amount. Words like always, words like continually define the frequency and quantity and level with which God's people are supposed to practice giving thanks. I got a friend who does an impression of me. And it's weird. I don't know if you've ever had somebody like do an impression of you, but I thought this impression was way off. <laughs> For what it's worth. 
But the guy was doing these hand motions, you know, and he kept wiping his brow and, and, and he, but, but he did keep saying, thanks, man. Hey, thanks. Appreciate you. Thanks. Good to see you. Thanks. And I walked away thinking, man, that guy's got no acting capability at all. But I did think, man, I really do hope that's how I'm perceived because so often that really is how I feel. I really am at my core grateful. I really am. And I've been through some tough stuff in life. And simply because you are in Christ Jesus doesn't mean you're going to stop going through tough stuff. Can I get a witness? But no matter the difficulties that I face and experience because of what the gospel has done in my life, man, I'm able to say, God, thank you. Now, I want to qualify that by saying I don't always do that. Right? You can ask my family. I think they'd probably say, hey, man, got to get real. I don't know that you're always thankful, which is true. But, man, I, I really, really am grateful for what God has done in my life, for the opportunities God's given me. And I work with people all the time, and I try to coach them by saying something like this. You know, for those who are in Christ Jesus, there's no such thing as winning and losing. There's just winning and learning because the victory is already sealed. And so even if it feels like there's this moment of failure or this malady that doesn't get healed or this prayer that goes unanswered, those opportunities provide either a situation from which you can learn or a hardship from which you can grow. And that's reason to give thanks. And that's our advantage in Christ Jesus. That's our advantage Um, In wrapping up, and I got this on the screen for you this morning, the key that really unlocks gratitude is the gospel. You want to find out how to be grateful. It's not about winning the football game. It's not about killing the trophy elk or buck or whatever it ends up being. It's it's not about moving into the right house. Those, Those are moments of joy. But nothing will satisfy you in life until your life has been transformed from the inside out by our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you this last verse. This is from 1 Thessalonians. I got this on screen. You guys pull that up too. 14 through 16. So I was praying about this and I just thought, Lord, what, what, what is it really? What's the, what's the key? What happens when prayers aren't answered or I'm in the middle of a health situation that doesn't feel like you're, you're fixing for me, Lord, or, or my marriage is, is struggling and I need you. And Paul says, brothers and sisters... You became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. There's that phrase. You suffered from your own people the same things those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. This has been going on since the beginning. And here's what happens to those who are not in Christ. This is their fate. They displease God and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit and the wrath of God has come upon them at last. Those who are not in Christ heap up their sins to the limit and the end of their life is the wrath of God being unleashed on them. So they may experience financial success 
Or it may look like their marriages are, 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 are intimate and, and meaningful or better than yours. Or, or it may look like they're having an easy life. And it is so easy to divert our focus on things like that that are material, that are temporary, that ultimately are meaningless. But the Apostle Paul says, in Christ Jesus, those of us who are saved will not experience the wrath of God. And that's the victory. That's the victory. So in Christ Jesus, yeah, we're going to experience suffering. In Christ Jesus, we may not always get the victory right now that we expect. Marriages could struggle. Finances could crumble. Careers may come unexpectedly to an end. You may be in a season or a decade or what feels like even a century of trial and tribulation. But the truth of the gospel is your sins are forgiven. They're not accumulating. They're not piling up. They're not going to be brought back to be counted against you your past is forgiven and in death you will experience new life if you are in christ jesus that is the message of the gospel that is the key to gratitude and that is what jesus is offering you today but you only get that if you're in christ jesus If you haven't been baptized into Christ, if you haven't obeyed the gospel, if you haven't experienced a total transformation through our Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to close with a prayer and I invite you to respond. We sang that song last week and this week, our living hope. Hallelujah. Jesus, you are the one who sets me free. Hallelujah. Sin and death have lost Their grip on me, that's the power of the gospel. By the power of Jesus, he has broken every single chain. And we find victory and healing in his name because Jesus Christ is our living hope. Let's pray. Precious Heavenly Father, I come before you. I just ask in Jesus' name that any here who have not been transformed, who are not in Christ Jesus would be challenged and humbled and empowered by your spirit to respond. And I just ask that any who need to be set free would be set free and that we as a church would begin to see every small thing in life that deserves our gratitude in response. God, we ask all these things in the name of our living Savior, our hope, Jesus. Amen. Please stand with me while we sing. Oh, cleanser of the mess I've made With everything at your
be seated. Church family, Mallory Bass comes this morning, and she's heavy-hearted. Um, she's heavy-hearted because uh, she's struggled with the sin, and as a result of that, she comes forward with a penitent heart. And she said, Trent, and has spoken to some others, I'm just seeking the Lord's forgiveness. I, I made a mistake. Um, and through this mistake, uh, God is bringing a life into her life. And so God, even from sinfulness, can bring something totally beautiful. And Mallory, there is so much forgiveness and grace in Jesus Christ. And and no matter the trial we face, when we surrender and repent, he can bring beauty from ashes and provide strength in the midst of fear and, and return to us the oil of joy, gladness for mourning. In him you're forgiven. And in him, this new life is going to be blessed, and we're going to surround you as a church, and we believe in you, and we want to support you, and I'm so proud of your willingness to come forward and and to confess and to seek forgiveness. We're behind you. Let's pray, church family. Precious Heavenly Father, I come before you. I'm so thankful for Mallory, for her willingness to say, hey, Trent, in front of my church family, I need to confess sin, and I need to ask forgiveness. And, God, we are so thankful that you are faithful and just and quick to forgive our sins. And, God, we just are overwhelmed by the love you have for us that you would send your son so that in darkness we can be brought back into the light. And I just uh, rejoice in knowing that this is forgiven and that as this uh, pregnancy uh, happens that your blessings will be upon it. And I just ask for uh, your strength for this journey. And for your people to surround Mallory, and I just ask that you would just bless her and give her a peace that passes all understanding. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'd like to take the opportunity to echo that on behalf of, of, one, of your elders, Mallory, and one who's known you since the day you were born. We love you, and thank you for choosing life. Uh, so many easy, the world would say an easier way to deal with this would be to keep quiet and just end it. But thank you for choosing life. Thank you. Uh, we're going to close with a prayer. We've got several going to mention uh, in prayer. Our brother Larry McLemore did respond. He is having knee surgery here soon. Uh, is this an original knee? Uh, it's an original knee you have there. So that's an antique. So it's time to be replaced there. Uh, and so we'll get you a brand new knee and run, be running the Boston Marathon before you know it uh, with that. And that's going to be on September 30th, he said. Uh, we're going to uh, pray for him as well as several others uh, today. We do have our uh, Bible classes that are continuing. First, Thessalonians will not meet today, but the Holy Roar class will start today over here in the Outreach Center uh, with that. So join us for Bible class. Glad you're here. Let's close with a prayer. Father, we love you for... Uh, blessing our life. And I join, as we all join, with our sister Annette Powell, who, who shared this morning. Just, just want to say publicly thank you for uh, just being, we're grateful to you for your grace and for the way that you've worked things in our life. Uh, I, just looking at this room and knowing people online 
we come from a lot of different places, and you bring us together in you, in Christ, as we underline today, and, and we are grateful for that. So we join her as, as all of our voices together to give you praise for that. We, uh, we lay before you our brother Larry. Uh, be with him and be with Melanie as she takes care of him as they anticipate this knee surgery and the, and the recovery. We also pray for our sister Meryl Massey that is, is continuing to recover from her surgery and uh, just be with her. It's been a struggle having not been here but uh, because of that. So just bless her and those who are taking care of her. Uh, we also pray for our brother Ed Davis who went pretty, through some pretty extensive uh, bypass surgery this week and just not progressing as quick as they would like. So we pray for healing uh, and be with April as she is taking care of him uh, and those uh, doctors and nurses that are taking care of him at Glenwood. Uh, just heal his body, Father, and thank you that he came through the surgery for sure. Uh, for the family of uh, one of our former graduates, David Lewis, uh, who passed away suddenly, uh, just be with them and, uh, and as, they, as they mourn. And, but yet are comforted by the hope uh, that, that he had and that he shared and that he, that he preached for, for many years. And for our brother Ken Sanford, a former member here, uh, trying to decide uh, what's happening, what his options are with the masses that they found on his liver. Um, Father, just give him peace, give him wisdom, give him insight, and people around him that can encourage him. Father, we're grateful for our church, and we're grateful for what you've done uh, at this little location in the world uh, to, to help change all of our lives. And we give you the glory for it. It's through Jesus. Amen.